Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of The Host Show. I am your host, Jasper Rivers, and we release a new episode of this show every single Monday. And in these episodes, I interview Airbnb hosts from all around the world to share their stories and provide tips and tricks on how to get started and be successful as an Airbnb host. Now, this episode is brought to you by Legends X, our 90-day short-term rental accelerator program that's designed to help you skill your hosting business by getting yourself out of the daily operations. So that frees up your time so you can become the CEO of your business instead of the manager and really focus on those higher level tasks that move the needle and allow you to grow. So for more information about Legends X and how to join, visit strlegends.com X. Now let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy the show. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 531 of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today we are again talking about branding. Because it's so important, so I have a I have a an amazing guest on the on the podcast. I'm really excited. He is the founder of IPRAC and the AES Events Group, and he'll explain in a minute what that what that means. His name is Craig Mohan. So welcome to the show, Chris. Excited to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Jasper. It's a pleasure, absolute pleasure. I've been a fan fan of your work for a while, so it's great to be on the show. Awesome. I love hearing that. Before we dive into branding. Can you give us a big, quick background? I know you've been in the space for a very, very long time, even before Airbnb yeah. even existed. So yeah. I'm uh, super excited to also learn from you, like what was what was short-term rentals like before those platforms e- even existed, right? I think we can learn a lot from that. But yeah, give yeah. us a, a quick uh, background on, on your story. Yeah. Well, I started in the space back in 2000, in t- so 22 years ago. I came from the north of England to the south of France. I'd always been in hospitality Prior to coming to France, I was in health clubs, private health clubs from the service side. And before that, I was with a company called Solo Hotels, which is now owned by Marriott. So I'll go back since I was 16. I've always been involved in hospitality and in service. So it's so the short term rentals was a great space for me to get into, you know, 22 years ago. So when I moved to France, I realized that there was a big gap in the market here in Cannes for short-term rentals because of the standard of what was being presented. It wasn't so much the, you know, it wasn't anything new short-term rentals when I arrived, but it was there was certainly a lower standard of what I was looking at thinking, this can't be the standard that we're at, you know, as an industry. And I decided to open a company called AES Events Group. And our, you know, primary focus was to come into the space and offer a high-end corporate product which we did. And so we started to build that like 22 years ago. And, you know, over the, we started with a small studio, uh, not in the best location, but that's where we started. And then we've built that that brand and that business over the last 22 years. And now we are pretty much, you know, we've got just short of 250 properties, some of them, you know, up to the 50 million, you know, valuation mark, penthouses, villas, and we serve some big brands that you know who come to Cannes, like Google, Twitter, Spotify, Disney. So these are all companies who use our services 
to when they arrive in Cannes to to rent, you know, high end luxury corporate accommodation. So that's where we are today with that. But later on in my journey around 2014 was when I witnessed fraud for the first time, which was a company, a family who got who booked an online property for like fifteen thousand pounds, arrived in 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 Nice, got in a taxi, got to the address didn't exist. They found our company on Google. After a few conversations, realized that they'd been frauded. And I realized at that point, our industry had a big problem where you have a lot of intentional professional operators, but there's no way of knowing who they are. So that's when I looked at it and thought, how can we build something that can not only protect the consumer, so they can book with professional and trusted operators, but also allow operators to showcase that they're op- that they're operated as, as trusted and professional. And that's what IPRAC came about in 2014. So we spent two years building the platform. We launched in 2016, and now we have just under 14,000 members, and we're operating in 28 countries. So I sit as the CEO of IPRAC and also... AES Events Group, although AES Events Group, I'm a little bit less involved as in I am in IPRAC because we have an MD at AES who pretty much runs the show, but it's still my baby, you know, AES is still my baby, you know, 22 years ago. So it's, but I'm, I sit as CEO of both companies and yeah, and that's where I am. And I'm passionate about, you know, trying to help people in this space really to, to understand the market, understand that it takes time to build a brand and build a company. And it's not always about OTAs. It's not always about direct bookings. It's about finding your place and then getting your brand right and then just getting off on your own journey, really. So that's yeah. where I'm at today. You know, it's funny you mentioned that with the with the fraud. I remember when I first booked my Airbnb, my first Airbnb in 2011, I remember going mm. up to the address and I seriously was wondering, like, I wonder if someone's going to open the door or not. Like, yeah. is it, I wonder if this is real. And well, this uh, is one of the, it was. This is, yeah, but it's, this is the thing. This is one of the problems that our industry has as operators. Operators don't think guests have this level of uncertainty, but they do. Even though, And this is why it's so important to, to understand about brand and removing the uncertainty of a of a potential guest and that's this you've just you know you just highlighted it there you booked your first day at airbnb in 2011 and you've got this you know these negative emotions of like ah you know is this going to happen is this going to be and i always say to people you know if you booked that did you book that airbnb on your own were you staying there by yourself mm. yeah so there was a level of uncertainty staying on your own right but imagine if you're with your wife and your three kids, or imagine if you've booked that on behalf of six of your friends. So they're relying on you and your family's relying on you. The level of uncertainty goes even higher. So you've got to be, you've got to gauge what the level of uncertainty is potentially is for a guest, whether it's a high end rental, if it's like, you know, if it's above 5,000 euros, dollars, pounds, or if it's more of a, if there's more people involved in the rental like a family and children and things. So the level of uncertainty is really an issue. And that's why we have to address that. And the way to address that is within brand, but it's it's why a lot of the time we see Airbnb, Booking.com and VRBO as these juggernauts of like companies who are throwing 
masses of amounts of bookings to thousands and thousands and thousands of operators around the world every month, every day, for one reason only. You know, these guests don't have that level of risk or uncertainty with when they're booking through these brands. So they feel right. more comfortable and trusted to say, you know what? You know, I mean, if you book a rental with six friends and you used Airbnb and something went wrong, you'd have something to say, wouldn't you? You'd be, well, I booked it through Airbnb. I mean, you, you know Airbnb, don't you? But if you say I booked it through John, who lives in New York, like, well, who's John in New York? I mean, who's, who is this guy? He's probably He probably is a good guy and trusted and professional, but he doesn't have that same level of brand as Airbnb do. So there's a lot of, so we have to address the uncertainty all of the time and accept that it's there as operators. We have to accept that it's there and our job is to remove it. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting point you br- you bring up because before we started recording, one thing you said to me like you said brand brand just used to be reputation, right? Yes. And I'm I'm trying to put myself in the sh- in your shoes like in in 2000 when people weren't really using the internet to to find accommodation. It's like how do you convince somebody? How do you build the trust for for someone in, to stay at your place? Well, that, yeah, this is this is what it comes down to. It comes down to doing more more on the verge of trust marketing rather than product marketing because it's easy to to market a product, but people aren't inter- they're not interested in a product until they trust the person behind the product selling it. So that's yeah. what we we had to make sure that people were aware of who we were as a company, and that all started because even though we're going back to two thousand webs, there were still good websites. Very rare. That was on the verge of good website development if you invested heavily in it. A lot of people were like, on the, I don't really want to do that yet. My first impression was, let's get our shop window on point. Because these people aren't going to come to our office. They're booking from another country. The only way that they're going to look at our reputation is by us telling them where to look. You know, we have to guide them where to look. So you can guide them to articles about how you've been involved in charities. You can direct them into articles where it's how your CEO founded the company and what his values are. You can direct, you have to direct the people where you want them to be. So we built this really high-end website much better than all of our competitors. And that's where we were Every time possible, we were directing people to our, our, we called it our shop window back then. You know, I mean, I know people call it websites or platforms today, but we called it our shop window. And it was like every opportunity possible, we have to get people looking at that. And then you've got to design that right with trust at the forefront. And that's what we did. So people people weren't just looking at product. They were looking at trusted language, like, high quality content in terms of you know the the, the text on the website the mm-hmm. pictures it was very intentional of where our main aim was that when somebody went onto our website onto our shop window we wanted within seven seconds for them to say in their mind we're in the right place that means uncertainties removed they're looking at our website and they're going ah we found where we need to be that is the first barrier. Then you go into conversations about booking and different things, but you've already built that reputation as a trusted operator. So that's what we have to do. Right, right. 
Can you explain the difference between trust marketing and product marketing? Yeah, yeah. Well, trust marketing is all about brand, you, you know, reputation. It's all about the values of the company, why, what, what the values of, of the company is towards the guest. It's about you talking about your cancellation policies, talking about your health and safety policies. It's talking about the values of the company, like putting a mission statement out there, a positive mission statement, and then living by it. So if you wanted to understand where trust marketing starts, is write your mission statement of who you are as a company, where you want to go, where you are, where you want to be, where you want to be in 10 years, where you want to be in 20 years, how you want to service your guests at the level of you know service, and then start talking about all of that. Product marketing is basically what you see a lot of today is just people showing a com- uh, like photos and description of a property. Three-bedroom property, sea view, 10% discount, book direct, that's it. That's product marketing. Nobody's interested in that You've, on a first-time visit. You know, if you haven't had an, any transaction with that potential guest before, they're not going to look at product marketing as very – they haven't got the trust yet, hmm. you know? So so there's, there's a massive difference between product marketing and people just talking too much about their product and not about their – values as a company and that's when people start to it's a little bit like if you went on a first date right and you're sitting at a dinner table on a first date with a with a girl or a boy right and all you did was talk about you right like how good you are and all of this kind of thing but if you can flip it and start talking about the values that you have you know and different you know and and kind of paint a picture of the type of person that you were going to be that's where the trust comes in so it's a little bit similar. Trust marketing is all about, you know, talking about the brand, the reputation, the mission statement, and product is talking, well, you know, it speaks for yeah. itself. And I think product market, tr- trust marketing can include so many different aspects, like I said before, and like articles around what the found, what, why the founders believe trust is the pillar of their business. You know, like that's a trust marketing article. Mm-hmm. But you're not talking about product, you're talking about values. And people, most people, guests will be drawn towards that and think, I like the values of this company. You know, I like who they stand for. You know, I mean, Airbnb do it very well. They're the best. In fact, at the minute, I think Airbnb are probably the best company out there who are doing trust marketing. Right. They were all talking about, always talking about their mission and what, yeah. what they want to, how they want to change the world and everything. I yeah. want to relate this. I want to relate this back to a small Airbnb host, so somebody who just has one listing, maybe two or three listings. And I want to relate it back to what I see in some of our students' groups. One yeah. thing I noticed that a lot of the students that don't join our programs, like when they think of the Airbnb listing, they focus very much on the pictures, right? And that's what everybody yeah. says: like, hey, the, the you you sell your property through the photos, which which is true. But one thing that often they don't focus on is their is their profile and talking about yeah. who they are on their profile. Oftentimes they'll have an empty profile. Um, yeah. And what I always say is like, if if I'm booking an Airbnb, I want to know who I'm booking with. I want to know yeah. if it's a if it's a company that's that's cool. If it's a person that's cool too. But I want to know like who is this company or who is this person. And if mm. there's nothing on the profile, 
you know, I don't trust it basically. And I won't. Book well, it, right? well, this is the, yeah, absolutely. So is that, yeah. is that how we can kind of see it is like, kind of like the photos is kind of like the product marketing on an Airbnb listing. And then your profile where you write about yourself absolutely. and why you love hosting and who you are as yeah. a person. That's the, Is that the yeah. trust part? That's it. That's exactly it. That's it. That's it. It's showing somebody who you are, you know, like, yeah. like the photos of the property hasn't, has no reflection on who's behind it. Yeah. You know, and you were saying that's just as important, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're just thinking that you're going to put some photos on a, on a, I mean, there's two aspects to Airbnb. The trust factor in terms of brand is kind of, that's where Airbnb have like won the guest, you know? So they're already on Airbnb. So they've already got that trust that they're in a place that they can book, you know? So now they're looking to book. They're not like searching, they're not like searching Airbnb thinking, can I trust them? They're already on Airbnb because they trust in the brand of Airbnb. Now they're looking at where they're going to book and who they're going to book with. And this is where your profile is crucial and how you write that profile about, because you can certainly emotionally attract somebody to think, I really like this guy. I really like this girl. I really like this company. I don't know why, because we've never met them, but there's something about their, their profile photo very engaging it's very warming they start off about talking about how trust and service is their is their is their mission and why they love hosting again somebody who's just gone you know my name's tim come and stay with me where are you going to go so you've got to really spend some time really trying to build that profile up because when you're not looking at it but everybody else is you know, like we say that about brand. When you think nobody's watching, everybody's watching. So when you're sleeping at night and, or, you know, whatever, somebody could be on Airbnb in a completely different country deciding whether you book your property or somebody else's. And you have no idea this is going on. So you could be losing, you could be losing 50, 60, 70 bookings a year just because your profile's not on point or it hasn't been engaging enough or attractive enough for somebody just to click, yes, I'm booking with this guy or this girl or this company. So it is crucial to th to make sure that even on the Airbnb platform, you're still standing out as a trusted, reputable brand. Right. And I mean, that's, that's even more true for, you know, if you have a diary booking website, I see a lot oh, of yeah. diary booking websites where I, you know, they have like an about us section, but then I click on it and I, I see some like a vague description of, you know, very simple of like, yeah, we're a property management company or, or my, we're John and, and Janet and we're, you know, yeah. we're, we're, this is where we're from. And it's very rare that I actually see like really good photos or a video or, you know, just mm -hmm. more of an elaborate, comprehensive description with, yeah. you know, what's, what do we stand for? Why, why do we host? You yeah. know, what, what's our passion? What's our hobbies? Like, what are yeah. our favorite travel destinations? There's so many Absolutely. things that you could relate to as a as a guest. And I always pay attention to that because the one of the reasons I stay on Airbnb is also because, you know, because I'm doing the podcast and everything, I'm always interested in the person and understanding, yeah. like, who is this? Who is this host? Right. But even yeah. for for a lot of guests, I think that that's the same thing. Right. Well, they miss they miss the point. I think a lot of hosts and property managers miss the point of the fact that they still need to convert. You know, there's there's competition out there. You're still, 
you still need to convert. There's still a saturated market to, to work around, you know. So you've got to be you've got to be on point with about who you are as a person. And and I mean, I always say it, you know, I mean, the the level of short term rental, the, the websites, the direct booking websites out there. are just so below par, you know, I mean, they're just not they're not built for conversion at all. I mean, their homepage bounce rate will be anywhere between 95 and 100%. Because, you know, I mean, anybody going onto that direct booking website that has, like, pictures of basic description that's being put on a really, you know, low-key WordPress website, it just does not show trust and confidence and reputation that anybody's going to feel comfortable to pay directly and have any kind of peace of mind to think that everything's going to go well. So, you know, like I said before about when we built AES, we knew our shop window had to be where we were investing the money. And I see today most hosts don't invest in their they, – they, they rely far too much on Airbnb, just Airbnb or the booking platforms sending them the guest and not worrying about, you know, what they're doing as a company. And at the same time as well, somebody could book and you might get that money in. but you know, trust can be lost at any particular time on the journey. Not Somebody could book and then find out they could have a conversation with a friend four days later. And that friend could turn around and go, you know, did you check out the profile? Did you did you know who? Really? Why? why? I don't know, because I heard a guy in Italy, he got scammed. And, really? Mm. And all of a sudden, there's doubt. They've booked already. But five days later, doubts clicked in. And now they're cancelling. So you've also got to look at your cancellation rate and understand that as a trend. I mean, are people are people following through with their booking? Have you got a big drop-off rate near, you know, at time of the booking? It's understanding this because that can also be a trust factor. People just not really, you know, it's not because they've booked with you. They That's all of the trust done. They, you can lose that trust at any particular time all the way up to the check-in. And during the rental, because, you know, we want to keep building the trust during the rental because that's where retention and, and, and referral comes in. So for me, I think hosts and property managers are not paying enough attention to the, the attention to detail that they need to do behind the scenes. Like I said, when you think nobody's watching, everybody's watching. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be whether you've got one property, five properties, 10 properties, whether you don't, whether you're not interested in direct bookings, whether you're only on Airbnb, you still should have a brand. You should still have a reputation for somebody to go, okay, I trust this guy, trust this girl, mm-hmm. trust this company. Sure. I'm curious to know when you started the AES events group, to what extent, like how much before, you know, I know you, you built a website, how much time did you spend like really dieting in the standards, the values, your mission, or was that something that kind of developed over time? Or did you get really clear on that? From the no, I got clear on that. I got clear on that from the start because I knew what was missing in the market. I mean, when I came to Cannes back in 2000 and I said, I'm going to set up a short-term rental management company and I'm going to rent out apartments to the top, to all of the top companies around the world. And, you know, everybody just laughed at me, you know, it was like, <laughs> yeah, of course you are, you know, and then it was like, <laughs> and then it was like, 
Yeah, but there's already loads of people doing that. How are you going to start competing with all of these other companies who are already doing it, Chris? And I just, I just saw something completely different. And I knew that it was all about, I knew where we were going to stand in the market. I knew it was all going to be about service. It was about high product. It was all about trust, reputation, brand. And we started with that very, very, you know, within the first three months, we were, we were, constantly you know even even at the start we were removing we were saying no to properties like everybody was like no 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 you've got to get as many properties as you can a company a short-term rental business is looked at as successful the amount of more properties you've got no isn't no way that can't be that cannot be the case that is not the way i see it so when you come with a property and say i've got a really nice property I'm like, well, let us be the let us decide whether it's suitable to our brand. And we would go and have a look at it and go, no, we can't put our guests in here. And so we were very selective. And we started getting a reputation, which is, you know, for being very selective. And then what happened was all of the people who had a nice property were like, I want to, I want to list it with AES because they're the ones who list the nice properties. So we came with this kind of no, 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 you know, like, you know, like quality control. It's like, no, your property doesn't suit our brand. Your property doesn't suit our brand. And our first big client was MTV. And they wanted like 40 apartments for the MTV, which was like 80 people, right? And we didn't have the, we didn't have the properties. We didn't have the properties to put them in. But what we did say was we will go to our competitors and we will take the best properties that they've got, and we will deliver them to you. MTV were like, I love that. Yeah, we're going to use you. We don't want to go around any, everybody else. If that's your kind of psyche, and that's your kind of like understanding of the market, you, you're you on point with us. We just want to book with somebody that we can trust who's just going to deliver. And we feel that when we speak to you and your company. And that's what we did. So then we started going to all of our competitors send us your best five properties. And when they were sending them, we were saying, right, we'll take them. So we started using all of our competitors as well to build our our stock, and which was quite smart in, back in the day because when everybody was telling us that we didn't have a place in the market, all of a sudden we were renting our competitors' properties and they couldn't understand how we were doing that. But it was But it was very clear to me that it was reputation. We had a clear vision of who we were, where we wanted to be, and what level of service we were going to provide. And these big corporate clients could see that. And that was all they wanted. They're not naive to think that there's no problems are going to happen. You know, like that's not the issue here. What they want to know is, if a problem does happen, is this company got the reputation and psychology to want to fix it when the problem does happen and that's what we created you know and that's how it kind of started so we did very early brand 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 how did you know that there was a gap in the market in cotton that you could step into and and fill up were you looking no. for places to yourself or no because what was happening was can has 7,000 hotel rooms, okay, of four star and above. 
So I mean, Cannes is a pretty a pretty nice place to visit. You know, the Quasette, there's the big there's the big Carlton, the Martinez, the Majestic Hotel. Everybody wants to stay in these hotels, right? But there's only seven thousand of these hotel rooms. Okay, but let's take for instance the Mipim in March, right? Which is the big property festival. There's twenty three thousand delegates. So not everybody can get one of these hotel rooms that they all want. So the gap was provide hotel standards, suite standard and service to these people who couldn't get into the rooms, into the hotel rooms. And there's the market. Because we went and looked at some of the properties that other agencies were renting. They were horrendous. Horrendous. I mean, you know, like still the photo of the mum and dad or the granddad on the TV, you know, like... <laughs> It's like real, real like, wow, you know, really you're renting it like this, like still clothes in the in the wardrobe. Like, yeah, don't just don't touch the wardrobe. Like what? No, no. So the standard was really low. So our job was to find all of the top properties and deliver them to the people who were searching for the top properties. So there was a there was a gap in the market, but there wasn't the properties. But that's when we started we started building. You know, we started investing heavily also in real estate as a company. So we were, if we said, if we can't find the properties, we'll, we'll create them. And then we started working with investors who wanted to, to invest. And then we'd, we would help them buy. Then we would help them renovate to the standard that they needed to. Then we would add them into our portfolio. Then we would give them a guaranteed rent. And we started building like that. So we got to like 100 properties within the first four years. And then we've, you know, and over the years, we've, build it up to just like, yeah, 250. So I understand when there's a big festival going on, there's there's a lot of demand and it'd be, you know, it's easy to fill those units, but was it easy to keep the occupancy high throughout the year? Well, Cannes not really a destination for that. And I'll, I'll let, the competition in Cannes outside of the festivals is just like, it's really, really difficult. So we decided in 2006, that we wouldn't be doing anything outside of the festivals because we didn't want to have this race to the bottom in the price because everybody was kind of, you know, oh, I can get it cheaper over there. I can get it cheaper. There. I can get the same property half the price over here. But there was no negotiation in the Congress world, you know, the festival world. So we decided that in 2006, we would become the corporate organized corporate accommodation company in Cannes the only one who only did corporate. So that was a risk because we were probably at the time turning over around, I don't know, like maybe 400,000 euros at the time in bookings outside of the festivals. So to drop that was quite a big risk, but it paid off because all of a sudden, all of the big brands like Google, Twitter and Spotify and all them later down the line decided that they would rather work with a corporate focus agency. And that's who we were. We marketed the fact that we didn't do summer rentals. We marketed the fact that we didn't do weekend rentals. We were 100%, six congresses out of the year, we are the agency who, who do all of the rentals. For that. And that's how we did it. So it was a risk. But all of the companies now, they find it very difficult, you know, to fill the calendar outside of the, the the festivals july and august is quite easy because it's a, it's a summer destination but outside july and august and the festivals it's a ghost town so there's not a lot of money to be made yeah so those 
by just focusing on those festivals, were you still able to to deliver a good ROI to your investors and yeah. enough like revenue to your property owners? Yeah, yeah, because we left them we left them to do their own thing outside of the congresses. So we were the agency. We were the agency who managed their congress rentals, and that's outside of the congress. We said you can do what you want. Ah, okay. So they would say so they, they would manage it outside of that. So they were probably yeah. doing you know Airbnb or whatever outside mm. of those. They would just walk yeah. off those those times yeah. when the congress. Yeah, we place. would like in January we would like we would basically go and invest like three million euros in signing up all of the owners for all of the six congresses. And contracting them for the six congresses for that year, deposits, and then the structured balance payment. And now you... outside of them, outside of them, they were on their own. Yeah. But they liked that. They liked that. Would you pay them like a fixed amount or or was it yeah. like a right? So no, you're no, basically doing we... arbitrage between yeah. 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 Okay. I would go like I could go and look at a property, like a three-bedroom apartment in Cannes. I could go and say to the owner, Okay, look, we're going to give you thirty-five thousand for the year, for example, mm. and he would say that's guaranteed. I would say that is guaranteed. So no matter whether it's rented or not, you get thirty-five thousand, and then we would go and rent that for seventy thousand, for example. Yeah. Got it. And that was our that was our model. So it, it was more like a broker, you know. We were like mm -hmm. a, we would we would buy in, we would buy in our stock, and we would buy stock before we even had a client. We were running. A lot of people would used to say that I was crazy when I was doing this model, but it was the only it was the quickest way to the top because of like we weren't waiting around and all of a sudden we had that reputation and any top property that came on the market in Cannes went to our agency because we had that reputation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I wanna I wanna talk a little bit more about IPREC. And mm -hmm. I, I know you I know you you said you have fourteen thousand just shortens, yeah. Right? Members, yeah. Members. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about how IPREC can help? How, is it only for people that have direct booking websites or like what, what kind of services and how do you help short-term rental hosts through that organization? It's definitely more It's definitely more appropriate for members, our, you know, for short-term rental property managers or owners who are interested in gaining more direct bookings. That's for sure. But it's still affordable for to help for, to invest in, in terms of helping you build your reputation, your brand, and you know, and trust. So what basically we are is, I mean, IPRAC stands for International Property Rental Approval Certification. That's that's the analog. That's, that's the analog behind it, IPRAC, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, basically, we actually go through members apply. And we then go through a very robust uh, like approval process to define whether that operator is legitimate, trustworthy, professional. And once once they become approved, they get their kind of IPRAC certification and logo and profile for them to market that they've been that they've been you know they've been approved by a, a governing like a body of of the short term rental industry of trust. So whether you're looking to get more direct bookings or not, it's still something I would say important to show, I guess, because it shows that you care, you know, and I think this is an industry of care. Whether you think you need it or not, guests would appreciate you having it, whether you believe you think you need it or not. 
But definitely for the direct booking side of things, it is not only an accreditation, it's actually one of the most, well, I, I would say it's the best conversion tool out there because it basically, like we were talking before, it removes all of the uncertainty because you know you're booking through a, through a trusted professional operator. Your payments are guaranteed. You get a booking certification confirmation when you register the booking. So all of a sudden, when somebody's thinking, can I book directly? Can I trust this person? That person can say, we're IPRAC approved. That takes away the, all of the uncertainty of like whether whether the property is going to exist or whether it's professionally ran or managed. So it's a massive tool for you to showcase credibility. And I think if you're trying to get direct bookings, credibility is the way forward. Because if nobody trusts in you, they're not going to book with you. That's just the, you know, that's that, that's just that's just not rocket science. That's just fact. That's what we started uh, the podcast off with. So it's cool that we're circling back to that. Can you let the audience know how they can get involved with IPRAC if they're interested? Yeah, if they go to the to the website, which is www.i-prac.com, and all of the information on there, we've got a resource hub where you can read articles about why why it's important, all of the about how to build brand. We've got so many articles on there to help. And all of the applications are on there, whether you're a property management company or a private owner. You just click on the on the link that that you know that's down to what you you know your criteria, and off you go. But you know we've got a good team in the UK who who are always on there for to support anybody who's got any questions or wants to have a meeting or mm -hmm. you know to just to go through it because we don't sell iPrac. It's not something we sell. We believe our members come there and believe in the product and believe that the product can help them grow their business. If you don't think IPRAC can help you grow, then it doesn't matter. We don't want you anyway. We want people who can see IPRAC as a brand that can help them build more trust, more conversion, more brand awareness, more brand reputation. And that's why we've built it to help the industry mm. become more trusted. And, and, and I think 2023, I think the... The biggest, I think the buzzword will be differentiation. Professionals will be trying to differentiate themselves from, you know, the low key operators. And that will be the way that people are trying to get their market share. So mm -hmm. IPRAC will help people do that. Yeah. Is IPRAC European focused or is it for anybody anywhere in no, the world? No, it's global. It's, we're, in, we're in 28 countries at the minute and... I think by the middle of 2023, we'll have added another four, because we we can't just add we can't just add companies because we have to have certain government approvals to be able to access it through our approval certification process. So it, it takes a while to 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 onboard a new country so that we can verify somebody operating in that country because we have to verify certain documents and mm -hmm. documents are different in different countries. But it, we're global at the minute. I mean, 28 countries, we're adding another three in 2023. So we're just, you know, we're growing as a, we're growing at quite a fast rate as people just want to get more, concentrate more on trust. Yeah. Are you in the US? No, I'm based in, in Cannes, South of France. No, I mean like the, um, sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Is it sorry, available yeah. to US hosts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got quite a lot of members in the US. 
Got it. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, right the way through. Yeah. So it's actually right growing in the US, I think, because even in the US, there's nothing really that stands out as a as a, an accreditation of trust that offers the payment protection and you know, like a global brand awareness. You know, so I think you know we're starting to see the the marketing factor that we've done in the US pay off due to the fact that people just see the benefit in improving trust people are sure. understanding it you know I, I it's taken a while i must admit you know i i started talking about trust like 7 years ago in the short term rental space and people used to just think what are you talking about man because it's <laughs> like you know no, nobody cares but i think <laughs> but i think now more platforms are getting built around trust more people are talking about brand reputation more people are talking about you know is Airbnb the future for most people because of you know it's getting difficult to navigate is is commissions going to go up is licensing going to come in will we survive Airbnb will it be we just nobody knows so i think if you want to be in the short term rental space i think direct bookings is going to be such a huge part of it and i don't think yeah. you'll will get any direct bookings if you don't showcase trust. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, in 2015 or before that, you could you could still get away with it. You you know, just throw something in Airbnb and it's it's getting booked, you know, like those times have uh, definitely changed. Well, the, the standard of the standard of properties are, are just so much higher and the, yeah. and and expectation has changed. You know, what I mean, like like you you now can compare. If you I mean, you've probably stayed in a lot of Airbnbs. Right. So you can probably go in and compare subconsciously whether this stands up to being a, a good property, well managed or not. And you could probably walk in and go, my God, this is horrendous. Or no, this is good. This is good standard. So ex so guest expectation is rising all of the time. And if you're not if you're not meeting that expectation, you're not going to you're slowly going to be getting like pushed down the ladder, you know. So there'll be a point where. People will just walk away from the space and go, I can't compete anymore. And I'm not prepared to invest more time and money to, to compete, which I think is a good thing because that will get the market less saturated and run and professionals will be running the market, will will be the majority operators. Yeah. Awesome, you know Chris. I mean? Well, I appreciate your time. This has been a very interesting, interesting yeah. chat. So thank yeah. you so much for, for being on the show. Before we wrap up, any anything else you want to share with the audience? Yes, I did I did promise Mark that this is the, the book direct the blueprint one. And I think this is a book that's coming out in December. And I've actually wrote the first chapter, which is all about trust. So if you want to get a little bit of insight into why trust is important, whether you're direct booking or not then the first chapter and that's worth a listen worth a read awesome well, i'll definitely read it yeah 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 it's a good one it's a it actually comes i'll give you a little insight into it we actually hint on conversation we had last week about uber and how uber changed an industry an existing industry by removing uncertainty awesome so Chris. that's a little bit of a yeah it's a I'm little excited, bit of i'm a, excited to read it <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's worth a read it's good and there's also 12 other great people in the industry have also wrote their chapter. So it's a yeah, good, sure. it's a good book for the industry. I believe. Yeah. 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 And a lot of the other people who have contributed to the book have also 
been on the podcast and like it's yeah you know, obviously mark is great good friend of ours yeah he's good we love, uh, he we does, love mark he does so. some great work he does some great work for the industry and i think that's where you know a lot of people need that support and help somebody who can see the trends that's you know right. and help people guide them through it you know so now he, he deserves a medal for what he does mark yeah he does shout out to mark that's how we end yeah, this podcast shout out to mark and <laughs> thank you yeah. so much all right, uh, Chris, this was, this was awesome. And to the audience, hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you enjoyed the last couple episodes. We'll be talking a lot of brands and, and I agree with Chris. I think it's going to be extremely important going forward in the next three to five years for for us to be successful as a short-term rental host, whether you're on Airbnb or or, or doing dire bookings on other platforms, I, I think it has to be our focus to be successful. So important topic. I hope you enjoyed it and we'll be back on Friday. So have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. We really hope you enjoyed the show. And if you want to learn more about hosting on Airbnb and building a short-term rental business, then go ahead and subscribe to our daily email newsletter at getpaidforyourpad.com. And if you're just starting out on Airbnb, make sure to download our free Airbnb starter guide at getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash get started if you enjoy this podcast make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and please leave us a review on apple podcast for a chance to win lifetime access to the short-term rental profit academy our starter course for anybody who wants to start an airbnb business every month we select one random reviewer and give that person access to the course Um, So if you want to have a chance to win access to the course, uh, please leave us a review and then uh, you might uh, join our program pretty soon. So thank you for listening. Check back every Monday for a new episode of The Host Show and every Friday for an episode of SDR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.